Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness field broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UGR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. This is Bobby Thomas, leading executive of the Urban Glory Commissioners League. We are the financial support of the work of this great ministry and organization. I've been a supporter of this ministry in time, talent, and treasure, and I ask you to consider doing the same. Whatever the amount, give from your heart and know that the leadership of Urban Glory Campaign appreciates your gifts, and the Lord himself will bless you beyond measure. Visit www.paypal.me forward slash Urban Glory Campaigns and give today. Thank you for listening. This is Selena Olivia, one of the leaders here at Urban Glory Campaigns, coming to you again to say thank you for listening and to connect with us. Connect with us online. We are on just about every social media platform. Find us on Facebook by searching Urban Glory Campaigns, on Twitter at Urban underscore Glory, and on Instagram, our music association, UGMA, Urban Glory Music Association, as well as Facebook for the Music Association. Epic Night is coming, February 2017, a night of celebration, glory, and excellence, catered with delicious food, glorious music, entertainment provided by Urban Glory's own Music and Arts Association, and inspirational words in recognition of our founder, Reverend LeVon Breland, and various members of the support team of Urban Glory Campaigns. For more information, call 202 630 for UGC, that's 202-630-4842, or visit www.urbanglorycampaigns.web.com. Urban Glory Radio, simply glory.
exalted in my by Danton Whitley and Mosaic Sound. Purchasing music and book Danton Whitley and Mosaic Sound and the other singing and artists of Mosaic Sound Entertainment at DantonWhitleyMusic.com That's D-A-N-T-O-N W-H-I-T-L-E-Y Music.com Well, good morning. This is Sunday morning in the Word where we study the Word of God systematically. I am LaVon Breland, the founder of Urban Glory Campaigns and the host of the radio program. I'm delighted to be with you live tonight, or this morning rather, to share with you the uncompromised Word of God. And I trust that that through our discussion we'll, we'll be able to come with a a, a comprehensive plan today on how to uh, summarize this first division of study. We have another division that's going to come a little more in depth um, because I really want to talk about our biblical worldview as a catalyst. But today I want to continue to build upon our the, the theology of theocracy. And we're just really given a firm foundation on the direction of the perspective that we have. Now we're going to talk about putting practicality to our perception or, or manifesting steps to it. So let's pray and not delay and get right into the lesson because I do believe we have a word from the Lord. And um, I believe that if you apply some of the things that have been taught so far, you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made 
We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as that educator and guide, giving me clear articulation of speech and, and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, we house within us the solvent for the world. We are the light of the world. We are a candle that cannot be hid. The scripture challenges us to say that if the law's law, uh, if the salt loses its savor or its or its taste, you know, wherein can there be salted? In other words, how can we have a full effect if we're not tasteful? And tasteful is not necessarily. Uh, Becoming compromised is really really having confidence in who we are and the purpose for why we have come on the earth. You know that you are very capable of, of embodying the intent and the will of God. When we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, when we talk about having gifts that are given from above, we are not just talking of religious rhetoric. We are talking about encasing God's power and God's effect upon humanity that can transform humanity. And somehow the, the earth um, and, 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 our, and the powers that lies within us collide and we build his kingdom. And that becomes our theocracy. It becomes superior than democracy because democracy is man's best attempt to come up together with a platform of unity to function as one. They can't, they won't function as one because everybody's perspective is diverse. So God says, okay, I'm going to take another approach at this. I'm going to write the laws in their hearts and their minds. So instinctively they are united, one spirit within us. One spirit, that is the Holy, Holy Spirit, which enables us to live the Christian life. And everyone who is filled and born again with the spirit of God has the spirit of promise, has the inheritance, the, the incorruptible inheritance, the seed, which is the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever because they house the spirit of the living God. He says, they're, instinctively, I'm going to connect with them so that everything that I have purposed to fulfill in the earth will come through them. It's a, it's a perspective that, that the Old Testament could not comprehend because they knew the acts of God. They knew what God was capable of, and they trembled and they feared that's why you see Isaiah 55 that says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. See, you, your, your, your thoughts, your thought pattern prevented you from living uh, uh, 
um, depraved or deprived of conquest. You, your thoughts created a, a, a counterfeit kingdom system, which takes us back to Samuel, the kingmaker, or Saul, the king, kingmaker, Samuel the prophet, rather, who was also in the time of the judges, where the judges were men who were housed where the power of God came upon them. And at the time when it related to uh, after Joshua, when they needed leadership, there was no, there was no kings. There was just a, a, an example of men that were enlightened by the Holy Spirit with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and supernatural strength and their effect. That's the whole book of Judges. That's the whole book of Joshua. That's the whole, that's the whole transi- transitional, um, transitional period right before uh, the kingdoms come, the earth, earthly kingdoms are formed. Because remember, the only reason why uh, the children of Israel developed the leadership structure outside of the judges was for the sake of their observation to the Egyptians who had emperors. And they saw the massive, the massive structures that were built and erected, the pyramids, and they said, we want a king. We want a king like Pharaoh because they were enslaved. Their mentality uh, was, was depraved from, from experiencing authentic freedom. And so, so we, you know, <laughs> it is for freedom that Christ set us free. I'm, I'm giving you the context of, of this because theocracy presents another alternative to what, what reality has. It says God is sovereign. And his sovereignty becomes the pulse behind our structural leadership. He becomes the, 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 at the end of the day, the word of the Lord is sure. The word of the Lord is supreme. And if, and if it really has full effect, no matter what happens in the world, my standards, my structure, my state of affairs all submit to the sovereignty of God. And for the believer, if we don't come through that through the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then we have to rethink our salvation. Maybe I need to write a or do a study, rethink salvation. I don't want to. I'm 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 already talking about rethink church, just to put a plug in. But but we we, we have to really, really um we have to really really take a observation on the effect of our salvation, because the effect of our salvation all thrives off of just confessing with our mouth, believing in our heart, Jesus is Lord. Now, lordship indicates that he is the ruler, controller, and sustainer. And all and a lord is not a king. It's submitted to, the, to a king. Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Right, so the lords of lords are, are already an indicator that he's submissive unto the kingdom of God. And while he was on the earth, of course, he was not in the position that he was in when he was seated at the right hand of the Father. Now he is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. So he is truly King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His work is finished. His power is restored. His position is concrete. His verdicts are sure. His return is sure. So we, we don't have any doubt as believers as to the conquering and the, because we're more than conquerors. 
Do you, do you get what I'm saying? The New Testament introduces us into a, a, an effect of the finished work of God. And we're going to talk about the finished work next year because a lot of people don't have faith that he finished because if they did, when it comes to situations that we're experiencing in our current history, um, especially with the, uh, the demoralization of a generation and, and the, uh, the godless leadership uh, that, is, that exists, and, 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 and it's not party-affiliated because some of us have jumped on bandwagons and, and used logical fallacies instead of theology. The theology inserts God's logic, what God thinks about a matter. See, we get caught up on big words because they're not found in the Bible. Maybe it's the, the depiction of the concept of the Bible as a whole. We need to grow up and mature. Some of us just need to go to school and learn some big words. Because you're you're dealing with a devil that understands these big words, and he's kicking your butt through ignorance. Hallelujah. So some of us, and just like I'm telling you, preachers preachers that don't go to school, and I tell this all the time, you're ignorant. You don't need to talk on behalf of God. There was no one, not even Jesus. Jesus went through a process. When they called him a rabbi, they didn't call him something. They didn't call him something that he did not prepare himself to be. So even Jesus went through school because if he was going to be the leader, uh, a, a spiritual leader, he was going to have to go through a spiritual process. And he went to the church as it was his custom. You get what I'm saying? Or to the temple, rather, as it was his custom. In other words, he had a discipline about him. And when you talk about your ministry, you need to have a discipline. Some of you need to go to school or shut up. Amen. And a a person who fails to educate themselves spiritually is an insult and a smack in the face trying to represent a God who's intelligent. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but I just wanted to put that plug in there because some of you don't go to school, you don't study the word of God intelligently, but you want to voice your convictions. You're not right. You're undisciplined. And, And ineffective when it comes to the relevance that is needed for the church today. And you need to shake up yourself up, get disciplined, get into a Bible school or a Bible college or go to a university and take some theological courses and learn the intelligence of the scripture. Not for anybody else, but to study to show yourself approved before God. And and taking classes and having the freedom to take classes is your reasonable service. Amen. That wasn't in my lesson. That's just a bonus. But, you know, Isaiah 55 was our foundation, Hebrews chapter 10. Um, qualified, um, it was like an oxymoron to Isaiah 55 because what it says is, I will write the laws, and, and then the, those laws transform us, transform us into embodying what we believe, so much so that we're not just appreciating Christ's superiority over the law of Moses, the Old Testament, and all the sacrifices, but we become living sacrifices acceptable before the Lord. We become fruits of righteousness, producing things. We become, we become that which we have possessed. And part of that is, is, this, is this portion. Um, and, of course, you know, in the first lesson, I told you to take time to think about how you think about how God thinks. And I know that sounds like a little riddle. I was playing with words. Yes, it was. Because sometimes we don't take, we don't take time to think about how, how we think about how God thinks, and that's what theology does. 
Theology takes time to think about how God thinks about how we think. And then it also takes time to think about how we think about how God thinks about what we think. So it's, it's a twofold process. We, 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 we engage the mind of God to locate our mindset, and we contrast our mindset with his mindset and come up with greater perspectives. So it is the study of God. It is the study of how God thinks, how God operates, and how God inter- interacts with humanity, and how that interaction transforms us. And then we can look at the concept like theocracy, which introduced God as a sovereign rulership and then functioning as a governmental head, and then apply it to our lives and see how how corrupt the, the democracy is, how corrupt political parties are, how corrupt societal transformation is, how corrupt the global industries are. But we can't go there if we don't have the perspective of what God is, what God's standards are for real, and and let's get off this, let's get off this this gang bang of putting up trite issues without transformative perspective. Let's learn what God thinks for real. I like the way Jesus answered questions. Oh God, I'm gonna get to my text. But I, I just want y'all to hear. I want y'all to hear common, uh, common di- divine understanding. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues that Jesus could have was presented when he was walking with people, walk on the earth, and interact with people, and pe- people wanted him to be something that he wasn't. And they wanted him. There was times, you know, that he operated in the miraculous, and then there was times that people wanted him. To operate in the miraculous, but he didn't. I, I always loved the, uh, the the pool of Bethesda. It's one of my favorite um, passages to preach from, um, because you know, at the pool of Bethesda, the man never received a miracle. What he had within him housed what it whatever it needed to take to get him into a better state. But he was so dependent, and he had a perspective of of someone helping him or some power touching him to. To a sense fulfillment in that he just sat there for 38 years with the potential already within the inside of Jesus didn't wink, he didn't say rise my child be healed with the power of God boom he said take up your bed and walk that's all he said there was no miracle and immediately the man got up so in other words the power to rise was already within Jesus just reminded him, this, whatever you're going through, if you got to that pool and you were able to sit there for 30 years, you were able to get up. Take up your bed and walk. Take your right for place. Change your perspective. Do you hear what I'm saying? And some of us, that's, the, that's, that's as, as simple, simplistic as our as our transformation into conforming to God's will so that we can be effective on the earth, change the way we think. So the repentance, the, uh, the, 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 um, the force of repentance often shapes the, 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 the reconstruction of our confidence and our, and our ability to attach to God's plan so that we can achieve God's will. Okay, so... 
We we also trace the mind of God through the lens of scriptural context. So you can't look at scripture any old kind of way. If you look at the scriptures, see the scriptures were written for our learning that we through the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So hope hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when it's not deferred, it makes us not ashamed because God's love is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. We have confidence. We have confidence in God because of the spirit that we carry within. We know who we are. We know what we have. We know what we can do. So we take a fresh outlook, and that's where on the role of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and that's where I concluded in the first lesson as the intelligence of God. Now, this is, this is what changed my life. I cannot, I can't religiousize it. I can't, you know, I, I, I know the experience that I got when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was all emotional because I wasn't yielding my, my flesh to, to the, the, the authority of the Spirit. So, yes, you, you get the evidence of speaking in tongues and you feel like you have, you have been metamorphosed. You become like a butterfly, but what do you, you know, it's like going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You come out that, 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 that worm state and you become beautiful. You feel like you can fly. I believe I can fly. Anyway, so, so that's, that's what happens with the Holy Spirit, but that's not what he was sent to do. That's not even his description to give us an emotional a release so that we can be confident in who we are. That's, we just had our identity crisis. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. We housed the intents of God's will within us from birth. It was never defective or defective. It just lied dormant until we gave life to it. Because we were created to, to reign and rule with God. We were created. We were created to embody God's will. We were created to transform this world into the kingdom of our God. Hallelujah. Now, this is more word. You know, I normally give you passages. And, I, and, and of course, of course, my transformation of, of, of seeing the Holy Spirit as the intelligence of God then also translated how I viewed his kingdom. Because righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. So the reality of me being established in the spirit-led life and the supernatural life and the power of God is what then makes kingdom a reality. So I change how I look at the king. Oh, my gosh. I adapt to the lordship of Jesus. I build a biblical worldview. That's our last lesson. And I create a conscious set of standards of faith. Real faith. I don't just talk about jumping on some moral agendas that people have inserted as what's right and wrong. I learn from the intelligence of God, the standards of God. And it goes back to my little dialogue about Jesus. When Jesus walked on the earth and they wanted to force him into certain answers, he often looked from motives as to why. And, and let me tell you something. There, there's a lot of agendas that are being presented to you in the political arena, especially when it comes to you got to understand, you got to know what theocracy is, and you need to adapt your life to theocracy. The New Testament presents the kingdom of God as the ultimate. When, when you hear about the revelation, it's just the manifestation of the kingdom of God. You hear what I'm saying? So 
of uh, our new Jerusalem, a heavenly city that we haven't seen, we, we should be encompassing and experiencing the radiance of that uh, effect within us because it's working within us. So whether we're absent in the body or with the Lord, it doesn't even matter. That's, that's, I mean, that's what we're supposed to experience. But the reason why we haven't is because we have not transformed our mindset to engage into the Holy Spirit as the intelligence of God, which allows wisdom, knowledge, understanding, comprehension, insight, in-depth, um, depth, compassion, uh, focus, through, focus through function, and it gives gifts that empowers us to transform our reality. And you can't, you can't do that and have all of that encounter with the Holy Spirit and then succumb to the media agendas to, to tag on to a political party. You can't, I mean, you can't, you can't really confidently connect to the Holy Spirit and expect, come on now, and expect God to, to uh, transform your thinking uh, with that concept, with those concepts. They're, they're contrary. Political parties are contrary to the will of God. They're the world's form, the best form. And you can't say one party has one, one advantage on the other. One was more moral. I mean, if you really look at history and really know the, the, how the, let, uh, the governmental construct is, you'll see it clearly. You'll see the counterfeit systems as you did when, king, or when, um, when they were making the kingdom back when um, Saul was telling them they didn't need a king. Saul was their solution. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel was the king maker based on God saying, okay, since you're not going to go my way, you're going to go by your way. Whatever your way goes, you, you got it on you. Now, I'll still send redemption through David, but y'all going to reject David, and David's going to go through a process in order to, to reign prominence, and his effect is going to be so strong that the seed, the Christ child, will come after him. He'll become the seed of David. Do you hear what I'm saying? But even David was a temporary solution. And his moral, his moral compass, when it came to him, uh, even though he was a, a man after God's own heart, his, his mentality, his flesh, his, his actions, with all the, the sexual exploits and all the, the Bathsheba, and, prevented him from really experiencing or building a real kingdom. Even though he had a vision of the effect of God being king, because he was building the kingdom for God. His son even tried to pick it up, Solomon, but Solomon felt in the same dilemma because the, the, the flesh could not build God's kingdom. And this went on for hundreds of years. Now when Isaiah comes and writes, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to have a, a, such a reality so strong that even though you don't have money, you can come and buy. Even though you don't have food, you can come and eat and be merry. I'm going to bring a restoration through the Lord Jesus Christ that's so fulfilling that whatever state you're in, you're going to be fulfilled. Now, that's what Isaiah writes 400 years before Jesus comes on the earth. And then we find ourselves some 50 years after the church effect comes into from generation to generation. And the Hebrew scholar connects with the Pauline uh Pauline uh, adventures And then gives the theology again He takes us back to perspective It's not Paul Because Paul didn't write like that prior Paul gave accounts and 
Paul's ministry was to the Gentiles. This revelation was going back to the Jews to convert the Jews to Christ. And Paul's mission set was, I got to go to the Gentiles because I have sheep, other sheep of this fold that have not died down. You get what I'm saying? So Paul's focus wasn't on that. That's how you know it wasn't Paul. But the scholar comes back and says salvation is for the Jews. And the salvation proves that, hey, over the years, y'all didn't get this. Y'all didn't get this. So 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 real standards then then brings about this question of relevance because when we when when we have um, theocracy it commands a comprehensive of God's redemptive plan for humanity, a concrete comprehension on the commandments of God and how they apply to us today, and then a concentration on the commandments of Christ. The, the changes that Christ brings because Christ then becomes the ultimate solution to the dilemma. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. I no longer live, but the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died for me. Hallelujah. So if, if, we, if we have that faith, then it brings us to our lesson today, which answers what does the theology and theocracy uh, have to do with one another? Because that's, a, that's an important question. And it's three, three reasons. Number one, it transforms our perspective with the truth found from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is realized as the intelligence of God to reveal the intents of the will of God. The Holy Spirit houses the reality of the kingdom of God, which reveals our roles, rights, and responsibility. And the Holy Spirit uh, um, conveys how we actualize God's kingdom. Do you, do you get my point? So, so we, we transform our perspective with the truth learned from the Holy Spirit. That's where it begins. And the Holy Spirit then, number two, uh, number two, takes on the kingdom mandate through exemplifying the effect of the power of Christ. Now, here's where we get it twisted in the church. We try to tell people a whole lot of stuff that we should be embodying, and that's why it's not working. You can't tell people about salvation. You've got to show them the effects of salvation. You can't tell somebody to be saved and they believe it. And, you know, we, we got these popcorn evangelistic things. We go out on the street, give a track, and tell them, repeat after me. They don't believe because they said something. You don't believe because you say something. <laughs> That's not intelligent. That lets us know that we're setting back. We're, we're stifled from religiosity. The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. And, and the evangel- evangelical movement to, to make aware of morals and morality and compasses are of none effect. You know why they're of none effect? Because we really haven't, we haven't embodied what we believe. Belief is, is seen in behavior, in our boundaries that are boldly declared through our building of an of a, of unshakable perspective. So Christ in us strives to manifest signs and wonders superior through salvation. 
Christ in us, transform our perspective to a biblical worldview. And I keep telling you, a biblical worldview can only be a biblical worldview when we engage the world with the relevance of the Bible, which means we got to understand the Bible. We got to understand how to apply the Bible in today's time for real. And then Christ in us transfigures our outlook through the love and compassion that causes us to guarantee um guarantee um, uh, guarantee effectiveness rather. I'm sorry. I was like, ooh, I missed the point. I missed the point. I missed the point. Hallelujah. Now, for our third point and our final point for tonight's today's lesson, and then we'll go into another aspect of the division we're going to advance even more. In the last few minutes I have, I want to tackle, we got to tackle not only we take on the kingdom mandate, but we got to tackle the challenge of being cultural transformers through relevance and reform thinking. The church is some 50, 60 years behind. We're still in the 60s when we should be in the in the almost, and we should be 20 years ahead. We should be, no, I'm saying, we should be in 2060. Perspective-wise, we're working back. See, God says he makes known the end from the beginning. So our comprehension should really backtrack, be backtracking us to, to the reason why. So we should have a revelation that is so progressive that we're, we're, we're 40, 50 years in the future, and we're actually implementing stages of development from, from our perspective that we've had for, such, for some time especially those of us who have been saved for more than 30 years. Now, for those of you who just got born again, you need to find the foundational teachings of the Lord Jesus. You need to learn who he is. You need to learn what you have. You need to learn what you can do. And then you need to learn the changes that Jesus brought. Absolutely. But and, but those of us who have been saved for a long time, I know I'm past 30 years. Some people might be um, um, heading that way. You know, you're in the 10, 15-year range. We need to be above and beyond, but we right now <laughs> we're still singing kumbaya, <laughs> right? So how do we do this? We must become intelligent in world leadership, and and it's how and and in contrast with the superiority of the effect of the kingdom of God. See, 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 but you got to you got to appreciate what the kingdom of God is. You got to comprehend the progressiveness of the kingdom of God. That's why I started the teaching on that. That goes with this teaching. I, I don't have time to explain it. We, number two, we must believe in our own conversion and be fully persuaded in our own mind. Because a lot of the stuff that we're going through is still about us. And God already saved you. Thirdly, we must build a real Real kingdom endeavors through real acts of unity. That's, that's what we see as a model in Acts chapter 10. They were not building worship services. They were not getting people to sing songs and preach sermons. They were getting people to connect with other people and build an alternative to the corruptions of this world. And then we must brace our next generation to preserve the faith. And they got to have faith. They got to know faith. Then we must believe our own report. We must believe our own report. Amen? Amen. 
that's all I can give you right now um, in this division of teaching. I can only give you uh, a, a premise for this for this discussion. Now, in the next in the next lessons, I want I, I, I'm inserting two more lessons. I may put them on special days. They're going to be 40 minutes each. We're not going to have any music. I'm going to go straight into that teaching. I'm going to um, I'm going to translate for us uh, the the um, the glory of theocracy. Okay, I'm going to hit theocracy a little more in uh, more in depth, and I'm going to hit it in two comprehensive lessons. That's going to give us five um, five five realistic approaches to how we develop an unshakable government superior to this world as believers. Now, if you're a Christian, then this is for you. Conformist to this world, and you want to you want to create your morality around their convictions, then you keep listening to politics. All right. Now, and then. There's another teaching that's going to come with this teaching called Raise the Stain. Raise the Stain, okay? And that's going to deal with how we deal with this foolishness that's going on with this political system. And I'm going to give some historical facts and some things, some just some clear-cut nuggets of what we can do when it comes to voting because some of us are not intelligent enough to really take a, a biblical perspective and, a, and, and have a God-given conviction as to how we deal with this. There's, there's a couple of alternatives prior to the choices that we, we tend to go as, as evangelicals and as Christians, and we need to wake up. Amen. Amen. So I challenge you to keep listening. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will prosper. I keep telling you, greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Let Christ have full effect in your life. Grace be multiplied through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day.